This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Tonight we want to continue the series, Biblical Protocols for Prayer, Approaching God's Throne. Uh, Some of the material we're using is from Harold Vaughn's work uh, on these protocols, how to biblically Uh, correctly approach the throne. Remember that what God says in his word about prayer, it's what he says he expects of us as we come to him. And so it's very serious. And yet we have the privilege to come to him and he longs for that. And so we're looking at another, uh, a number of specific areas that we do need to take into account When we come before the Lord, we've looked at several of those. If you've not been able to be a part of this series, I would encourage you to get on our website and uh, go back, listen to those messages. But as we begin this evening, I want to remind us that prayer is two-way communication. We tend to think of it as one-way communication. We come before the throne of grace, and we ask. That's what the word prayer means. But prayer is interacting with our God. It's one person speaking with another person as each listens. Did you notice how I worded that? It's not, we come and talk and God listens. We come, we request, God listens, but then we need to be listening because I believe the scripture teaches that he also talks back. Not only does God hear our prayers, but he speaks back to those who pray to him. Listening is no doubt one of the most neglected parts of praying. And this is why we need to consider tonight the listening protocol. I also believe that this protocol sets apart our praying from all those on the planet that are praying to other gods. Nobody expects to hear anything back from Allah. Or the gods of the Hindus and so on. No one expects to... But we should expect to hear back from the Lord. Our Father tells us in Psalm 46.10, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still. You be quiet. And know that I am God. So there are times when I'm quiet in the presence of the Lord. And what am I waiting for? A lightning bolt? A feeling? No, I need to wait to hear from the Lord. So that he is exalted in the earth. Jesus said in John 10, 27, My sheep hear my what? And I know them and they follow me. The following is a result of them hearing his voice. Now, we, we skim over these passages, 
But did he not say, they hear my voice? So hearing as well as being known and following Christ is a clear indicator of salvation. Jesus deals with his sheep personally, and this includes speaking to them. Even John 10 and verse 3, calling them by name. Does the scripture not teach us that his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God? What is his bearing witness with our spirit? It's communication. It's God talking to us. Now the Lord continues in John 10, 16. Other sheep I have which are not of this fold. He's speaking, I have other sheep that are not from this circle of disciples. You disciples that are listening to me speak right now. I have other sheep. Okay. By the way, tonight I'm looking at the other sheep. All right. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. They shall hear my voice. Now, to be clear, I'm not talking about an audible voice. In the scriptures, the Lord spake, and men and women heard his voice. We know that from the Old Testament. We know that from the New Testament. Yes or no, in both Old and New Testament, people talk to God and God talked back. Yes or no? Yes. Yes or no, the same God. Okay, there was a pause. Yes or no, the same God. Yes, same God. He spoke and men and women heard his voice. So Christians today may hear the Lord speak with clear and convincing. You've heard me say this before. Not, not a voice out of heaven. The Lord in the past has chosen to speak that way. But I believe that he uses clear and convincing thoughts that require no voice. But what he says is always, and this is important, always in agreement with his written word. If somebody says, well, the Lord spoke to me and, and he said this, but the Bible says this, you know what? Try every spirit to see whether it be of God. If they're saying God said this, but the scripture says this, they're lying. They may have actually heard a voice. They may have been visited by an angel, one one of God's angels. Okay? And so at other times, the Holy Ghost chooses to speak through the voice of another believer. He also speaks that way. He can speak through a preacher. I wish our children would learn to understand that he can speak through the voice of a parent. A hymn writer. A godly friend. One of the th things I love about the new song God gave me when I get saved, there are times in the morning where I will get up, Pastor Ned, and the first thing going through my head, I'm not hearing music, but I'm hearing a hymn tune in my head and words, some, some hymn filled with the word of Christ that just thrills my heart and encourages me to get out of that bed. There's hope for today. Why? The Lord's speaking to me. 
So the listening protocol requires that we understand some things from Scripture. I realize that I am on some tenuous ground here, especially from those who maybe are concerned about charismaticism, would say you're talking about experience. I'm going to try to help us see from the Scripture that that's not the case. But I also recognize that the people tonight whose hearts will resonate with what I'm saying are those who have grown their fellowship with the Lord through prayer. Not just talking to God, but interacting with God. And I hope that in all of our hearts tonight, we will yearn to have that kind of interaction, communion, fellowship. But I believe from Scripture requires the listening protocol. So the listening protocol requires that we understand some things from Scripture. Here's the first one. The Lord's speaking is often preceded by his promptings. Again, the Lord's speaking is often preceded by his promptings. You parents understand this. Have you ever walked into a place and you begin to speak and nobody's listening? Hey! That's a prompting. Okay? My folks knew how to get my attention if I wasn't listening. Do you know that God knows our frame? He remembers that we're dust and sometimes he's got to prompt us to listen because we're focused on whatever is happening here. Can we see this from Scripture? Well, Jacob saw a ladder. Moses saw a burning bush. Elijah saw a whirlwind and earthquake and fire before he heard a still small voice. And whose voice was it? God. For New Testament saints, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Revelation 3.20 If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Do you know what this was? It was a prompting. Now those of you that have been saved a while... Has there ever been a time where God used something to remind you to pray and to listen? Absolutely. Absolutely. Many times the Lord will allow us to see things, become aware of things in conjunction with His speaking. I think back to my own conversion as a young boy. God spoke to me that night. I didn't hear any voices, but I was so convinced in my heart that I was a lost sinner on my way to hell, I was scared. What was the prompting? Listening to my dad and another man talk about end times, the Antichrist, and that in fact, when Jesus comes back, there will be people left behind here. And as a young boy hearing that truth, something stirred here. I didn't hear any voice. But I can tell you it was crystal clear where God said to me, you need to be saved, young man. That night I came to Christ. While 
the family from our church, their kids and my siblings were playing toys in the, other, in the next room. There were other things that had our attention. I needed some prompting. Yes or no? The night that the Philippian jailer was trying to get sleep and two beat up missionaries were in stocks in the next cell. Was there a prompting that led to him coming to Christ? Uh, Yeah, big one. Okay. Think about this. We're in Acts chapter 8. Would you look at verse 26? This is a story of the Ethiopian eunuch. Philip, a missionary being sent down, the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet, Isaiah. So Philip gets picked up, or, or ta- I'm sorry, he, gets, he is told by the Lord, go down there. Okay? Again, go to the wilderness. I would have had a bunch of questions. But he just goes. He obeys the Lord. And he walks up on a chariot where there's a guy standing reading a scroll. He doesn't know if it's the Jerusalem Times or if it's the Scripture. He finds out. But notice the prompting from the Lord. Verse 29, Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near, join thyself to his chariot. I love this. And Philip ran. Ran thither to him, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And you know the man came to Christ and was baptized, and as soon as he's baptized, the missionary's on the next flight to the next ministry assignment. But do you see the prompting in the text? Is this who I'm supposed to see? Holy Spirit. Okay. Who is speaking to who? The Lord is speaking to Philip. As Christians, we are sons and daughters, soldiers, servants. To be the best for our Lord in these areas, we must always be alert to when our Lord is trying to get our attention in order to speak to us. You're going to see things that are going to get your attention, and then you're going to hear a prompt. There will be a prompting, and then you're going to hear the Lord tell you to do something. Now, this is as real as any other part of the Christian life. He is not a comforter, He doesn't come alongside to assist us if He's silent. Again, how many times has the Lord prompted you to do something, say something, witness to somebody? And then the flesh said, later, not now, not convenient, and that opportunity slipped by. I've had the Holy Spirit prompt me just about scheduling things during the day. Preacher, don't forget to call somebody. Yes, Lord, I'll get to that. And then an hour later, I've completely forgotten, and the next day I'm apologizing. 
And I look back, and by the way, sometimes even in those times, the Holy Spirit says, I told you. It's not because this brain is so smart and remembers things. In fact, it gives me confidence for my day that I don't have to make it happen. I do need to depend on the Spirit of God, and He will lead me to do His will. But it's that real. You have a comforter who is there with you as a companion. And you too, God expects for you to be talking with him and conversing all the time. So the listening protocol requires we understand that the Lord's speaking is often preceded by his promptings. And oh, by the way, that isn't in the chapter of the resource I'm using. I got to meditating on what was in it. I'm like, wow. And I started digging and searching and the Holy Spirit started guiding. And, and, and I, I just, it was a reminder to me, I just need to be in tune with the Lord. Next, the protocol also requires that we understand the Lord's speaking is often driven by His desire for fellowship. Now let's go back to Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and berate him and make him feel guilty and tell him that he needs to step up. He's messing up. That's not what it says. And will sup with him and he with me. That word sup, what's that talking about? It's talking about supper. It's that simple. Jesus knocking is in, uh, is in the present tense indicating a constant knocking along with his voice calling. He wants to be let in. Why? Why does he want access to the heart? Not so he could rebuke the lukewarm Laodicean Christians. That's the context. It wasn't for that. But so that he could fellowship with him or her. Have supper together. Quiet evening meal where hearts are, uh, are knit through caring conversation. That's what he wants. This fellowship involves hearing and speaking and praying with our Lord. Both are quintessential. I think we need to take a fresh new look at prayer. This is not superstitious. This is not... This is not our expectations. This is communing with the Lord. So our understanding of the listening protocol reveals the extent of our own fellowship with God. No relationship is ever built on one-sided talking. And this is especially true in our relationship with Christ. He speaks to us, and with a clean heart, we respond with grateful praise, humble honesty, and faith. I've been reading through First and Second Chronicles, and if you're reading through your Bible this year, you're there too. What happened when Solomon went before the Lord and, and made all those sacrifices and dedicated that temple to the Lord? Well, they finished, and everybody smiled and went home. Oh, no. God came down. They had to stop the dedication. They the, those in the temple, they couldn't even finish. And then God spoke. Fellowship. 
And it's in that same context, that verse we know so, so well. He said to Solomon, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. We talk to him and then listen to his thoughts in his word and in our hearts. I believe this is why Christians who live careful lives can still be empty. When I was growing up, I heard good preaching. I could tell you all the do's and don'ts, and my theology was pretty good. But you know what I lacked? Fellowship with the king. A.W. Tozer said this, You can be as straight as a gun barrel theologically and be as empty as one spiritually. So the listening protocol requires we understand the Lord's speaking is often preceded by his promptings. Be aware when the Lord is trying to get your attention and speak to you. The Lord's speaking is often driven by his desire for fellowship. And this incredible blessing should be our desire as well. Finally, scripture is foundational to hearing from the Lord. I would say this tonight, this precious book is what guides and prompts my intercession and my interaction with God. What do we mean? Well, the Lord has already spoken to us through his word, and our communion with him begins in his word. God is the great communicator. He's the greatest communicator. And his spirit, the author of his written word, now lives in our hearts. The author, the great communicator, lives right here in you and me, Christian. He guides us into his truth, John 16, 30. He teaches us all things and brings all things to our remembrance that Jesus said, John 14, 26. And I have learned over the years to pray scripture to the Lord with the blessing of his speaking back, comforting, convicting, and leading me as he speaks. So right now we're praying we're uh, reading through Romans. What a book. Do you know what I've been doing in Romans? And I don't say this for you to have any opinion of me. But I say this to be a help. I am praying through Romans. What a blessing to talk to my God about my great salvation. And he speaks back with thoughts that are crystal clear and challenging to me, convicting to me. The hymn writer, Austin Miles, who was a Pennsylvania pharmacist turned songwriter, knew of what we're talking about tonight in a song that he wrote in 1912. It grew out of Miles' meditation one morning in his favorite chapter in the Bible. You know what his favorite chapter was? It was John chapter 20 where Jesus, after his resurrection, meets Mary Magdalene in the garden. I'll say it again. I hope there's instant replay in, in heaven. Don't you want to stand and just watch? Here comes Mary to the garden. Here's the risen Lord. Can you, can you please tell me what, where you've taken him? <laughs> just tell me. I, I just want to go and, and you know, tell the others where, where you put him. 
Mary. And so Austin Miles, meditating on that, wrote a hymn. When I was younger and more immature, I used to think that's just a great nursing home hymn. I'm going to a funeral and I bet they're going to sing that one again. Yeah, you're already ahead of me. Those who know the Lord, they've cherished this hymn ever since. They heard it because it speaks of sweet fellowship based on the truth of Scripture. See if you recognize it. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. Again, it's the voice of God, so it's not going to be contradictory from the Scripture, and it is going to be Scripture. Many times. And then how's that chorus go? And he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Now that last part used to puzzle me. Certainly there are people that have experienced greater fellowship with the Lord than I have. What's that saying? But I get to experience it uniquely with the Lord, just me and Him. That's what it's talking about. And that's what you get to experience too. But you've got to go to Him in prayer. I hope you leave here tonight thirsty. I need to pray. I need to get along. You mean God wants to meet me and have this kind of communion? Exactly! So practice the listening protocol. Let's stand together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that we can come to you in prayer humbly, with a clean heart, with all of our heart, giving praise to your name, trusting you, claiming promises. But Lord, thank you that You're a perfect father. You don't, in silence, just look at us. You speak to us. Lord Jesus, you're the good shepherd. We hear your voice that we might follow. Help us to love you more. Help us to pray more. Help us to listen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.